friends, foes, and future employers. Welcome to the Four and a Half Mics podcast. I'm your host with the most, Max, your half mic today on episode nine as we contemplate the age-old concept of the American dream. Join us. It's going to be a good one, and we will see you on the other side. All I need is your love Yo, yo, what is up, mortal enemies and close friends alike? Welcome to another episode of the Four and a Half Mics podcast. If you've stumbled here today, congrats. Welcome to the party. Uh, which, what are we? Who are we? This is the conversational variety show where the five of us gather together and discuss a random topic of the day brought to the group by the ever-rotating Half Mic host. My name is Max, and I have the pleasure of being the Half Mic today. And I'm joined, as always, by my good friends, Jake. Hello there. Chase. Hi. Yanni. Hello. And Nick. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Nick is uh, recovering from a, a nice long weekend hey, Nick. In, the, uh, in the Mecca, the Holy Land, known as Tallahassee. Hmm. Uh, but if that sounds good to you guys, before we get started here, uh, if you're listening, please remember, we would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast listening service. Uh, if you want to be a part of our show... Hit us up on social media at four and a half mics, all spelled out, or our website, same thing, but with a dot com at the end of it. And, uh, you know, when we get started uh, here today, I want to talk about a couple of things that are ongoing. And that's, first of all, our good friends over at Sandbar Clothing. Yep. Hooking us up with the nice threads, hooking you up with that promo code, half mics. At, it's at sandbar.com? No, it's wheresyoursandbar.com. Find your sandbar at wheresyoursandbar.com. <laughs> Throw that promo go. code half mics and get a solid, cool 20% off. Your entire yeah. purchase. Hell yeah. That's a nice deal. If you Great deal. It is a great deal. Buy something $100, that's... Mm-hmm. $20 off. Holy shit. Good lord, man. <laughs> Let's go. Also on the uh, <laughs> list of announcements here, we're all sporting some sweet facial hair. Some of us have not sported facial hair in quite some time, so I'm pretty excited to see where we're all at. Um, where at, this goes. Yeah, so how, we're, we're three days in. To uh, Yanni had to had to shave the majority of his already <laughs> present facial hair into November. And November, uh, like we've talked about on the last episode, is a cause near to us as dudes, also to us as family members of dudes. Um, and if you don't know what November stands for, it's all about, uh, you know, promoting awareness and fundraising for men's specific health issues like prostate cancer, men's suicide awareness and prevention, um, as well as testicular cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, you know, we're going to try to raise $1,000 this month. It would help a heck of a lot if you went on to our Movember site, which we'll have a link on our Facebook as well as our Instagram. Hit that up. Go check it out. Drop $5, drop $2, drop $1, tell a friend to tell a friend. Every little bit counts. Absolutely. Yeah, help us and, get there. And grow mustaches because... Yes, everyone grow mustaches. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> and who knows, maybe one of us will have to dye our uh, our facial hair by the end of the month. We'll oh, find out. I guess we'll see. 
But yeah. anyway, so for today's topic, we are going to be diving into the American dream. And without getting too far into it, you know, there, there's an age-old concept of the American dream that refers to the belief that, you know, anyone, regardless of where they are born or what class they're born into, can attain their own vision, version, excuse me, of success um, in a society that offers some sort of upward mobility. So think on that. But before we get started with that topic, we got to jump into our first segment, which mm-hmm. is Peanut Gallery. And today's peanut gallery hits hard for our fellow Seminoles out there. Yeah, yeah. Never talk about a man's job. End of an era, but <laughs> a short one. I'll <laughs> be it. And for the un- for the uninitiated, you're the you're uh, first coming around to this episode. Peanut gallery is where we choose one popular news topic that is just kind of like jumping off the page or making us flip backwards. In this case, flip in all sorts of different directions, uh, yeah. depending on your your level of fandom at this point, but. Let's just get it going here. Willie Taggart, yep. fired. I want to say something before we get in this rant. I oh. want to let my position known very quickly. Okay. All right, Yanni. I think he is a really nice guy. Sure. I think that he got in a little bit over his head. Mm-hmm. I think he probably made some promises that he couldn't keep in such short of a time period. <laughs> okay. I like that you're backing this man. Dude, he got, no, he no, got, paid, no, look, he got look, paid $20 million to walk. His bank account is going to be very happy, right? Like, I... <laughs> But I think at the end of the day, I saw somebody tweet like he did lose his dream job, and sure. that's still a kick in the nads but for you, anybody. Yeah, but you know what? He was not succeeding at his dream. No, goal. and that's that's the point I was trying to make. <laughs> I think he got in over his head, and I think he got the oh, boot no. because of that. So if you can't tell by now, Willie Taggart is this is the coach of a sports team that we all enjoy. But if you don't know that, I'm serious. Like if you're if you're hearing this for the first time, he's a Florida State football ex head coach, former Florida State University football coach, former University of Oregon, former USF, yeah. former FSU, a coach with a losing record when he was hired at Florida yeah, State. Yeah, kind of kind of looking back on Didn't all do anything of this, to help that. you know, I brought this topic, this news story because it is on topic, being that the the poor guy's dream job was to be FSU's head coach. Yeah, and they nixed him within nine games of his second season. That's like lightning speed in comparison yeah. to most higher fire situations. I think that, I mean, ultimately, you know, it, it's tough because college football is all about recruiting and it really is about building your own program and leaving your mark on a program. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have a whole lot of time to do that, but I'm pretty sure there was a quote today from the AD and it said six and six is not good enough. And it's true. Florida State holds their football program to a very with a in very high regard and he was not only not succeeding it was not getting better there was no there was no good there's no happiness on the horizon it looked things looked very bleak and it's crazy about all these rumors that were going around we're like oh he's gonna get bought out he's gonna get bought out and everyone would come out say no he we're gonna we're gonna see it through and then uh yeah so for the second half of the news story, as Jake's alluding to now, 18.3 is the magic million dollar figure. Crazy. Uh, it's a record. That has sure. been raised from everyone's perspective privately. <laughs> I don't know if it's been confirmed yet, but uh, from everyone's outside looking in perspective, it would look like FSU didn't spend a dollar. And uh, <laughs> some very, very diehard fans decided to come together and say, you know what? Bring us our Urban Meyer. 
Bring Fuck us our that. Bring Sorry. us our Excuse Bob me. Stoops. Bring us our. You know what? Maybe bring us our Lane Kiffin. Yo, bring in Kiffy. Oh. Bring in Kiffy. Yo, guys, I I know that a lot of people have been saying this. Anyone that is rooting for Urban Meyer to be the head coach is not a true Florida State yeah, football fan. I will stand by that. I know that we have friends that say that. Let's not pander too long into our know, into our diehard fandom. I mean, it's yeah, not a, it's not deal, a Florida State the football. Deal at the end of the day, is the product on the podcast. field was was sloppy. Yes. Right. Like you'd watch these games and anyone that is a true football fan in general just knows that that was a low quality product yeah. that was being offered. undisciplined. Well, and then at the end of the day, teams that you pay to come into town, like Univer- University of Louisiana Monroe, they shouldn't come in and only lose by a field yeah. goal that they miss. One no, extra point. Oh. It wasn't even uh, a field goal. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Extra point. In overtime. All right. Anyway. Bring in Deion Sanders. We could go on. Uh, Prime I'm, time, baby. I'm down if he means that he doesn't make any actual head coaching decisions. Today. <laughs> <laughs> Prime time. Where you at? Um, okay. Heady hypotheticals. Jake, I think you've got today's heady hypothetical. Um, okay. I can do that for sure. So what we want to do today is we're gonna bring up a, t- a question ready everyone ready everyone pontificate this question yeah you'll get about five seconds to come up with something <laughs> <laughs> um if you could go back in time and invent any original patent or product what would it be who wants to start patent or product yanni is ready to go <clears throat> and shut up within the five second time limit i'm quick combustion engine Oh, nice. Henry Ford. It's a yeah. pretty solid one. Oh, no, it wasn't Henry Ford. That's actually a German Ford. thing. That's a German yeah. guy. Benz. Or no. Carl, I don't know Carl, who it was. Carl Benz, something like that. I don't know, and I don't care. All I yeah. know is it should, uh, be, it should be Yanni. It's been a pretty long time, and nobody's figured out anything that much better up until fairly recently. That's true. So. That's true. Um, Probably bottled water for your boy. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a pretty bottled important Bottled water, one. Chase. Yeah. Wow. Is there a patent for bottling water? Does that have anything to do with your major hangover that you're suffering from right now? <laughs> Maybe. Damn, water's so good. pretty good right now. Uh, uh, couldn't you consider a coconut technically bottled water? Uh, no, because coconuts no, aren't bottled bottles. Coconut they're yeah, water. they're, definitely na- they're count. nature bottles. Shout out sure. God. Good invention. Yeah. <laughs> that was a sweet I'm, one. I'm definitely going to go with Google. I'll, I'll take Google. A search optimization. No, I, I, I'll just. I wish that I invented Google. Why not Ask Jeeves? No, because Ask Jeeves is gone. Where is Ask Jeeves now? You could have. Uh, you could have merged the best parts that you knew about Google into Ask Jeeves. Could have been called Ask Jake. Yeah, whatever. I'll, I mean, I could have. If I came up with the idea for Google, I can name it whatever I want. But, but that's what I'm. That's, that's what I want. I'd be. I'd be a multi-billionaire. It'd be nice. Nick, <laughs> I was just thinking. Water bottles chase have caused so much damage. It's so true. Oh world. my god! <laughs> what do you want to kill all the turtles? <laughs> yeah, so combustion engines. That's true. What are you oh, talking about? That's true. What's Just done more good for the world? The combustion engines or guys? water bottles? Uh, water bottles get some pretty dang clean water to some places where it's tough to get some clean water. I'm it's not gonna, debating. It's gonna be a tough I'm not one debating with you, turtle all right, killer. All right, Nick. I've had a lot go through my head, but as I look around here, the Yeti tumbler, the Yeti for sure. That's keeps, a good one. Hot things keep, hot, cold things cold. Yeah, lock that in. I wonder what that guy's net worth is, or gal. I don't know if it's a guy or a girl that came up with Yeti. Not as much the as brand. they're actually. It's, water. I think it's two young guys out of Texas. The problem is and, though is that they definitely don't have it patented because there's a bunch of different knockoff brands that do the same thing. I well, think it's York. like such a specific patent that like they just do one little thing differently and then they can just call it what it is. It's just, just an insulated bottle. Yeah, you two know. should work together on your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Chase and Nick. Those would, be ex- those would be expensive water bottles, yeah. though. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with something I used a lot this weekend with Venmo. 
Oh, okay. Oh, that's that's what we were all thinking. Yeah. Or just like <laughs> just the just the idea that the concept of sending money like that inter account wire transfers. Yeah, it's nice. Mm-hmm. But like, like that that fly, specific, yeah. 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 Second would be skateboards. Just <laughs> If you were the first to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or like or like, like a mountain <laughs> <test> snowboard. <laughs> yeah. All right, Max. Take us away. Cool. So welcome back to the actual topic <laughs> of the show, which is what we're going to call the American dream of today or the new American dream, whichever you guys prefer. Hit us up and let us know. But, you know, honestly, I was just thinking on this recently um, and, and, you know, comes to me after certain periods of working for a long time, you know, maybe without vacation or whatever it may be. We're just thinking about, you know, the next year, we're already in November. It's crazy to think we're, we're coming up until 2020. Wild. Um, but I just want to explore a little bit more as far as, you know, this concept of the American dream. Like I gave you guys the definition before, which is just that the belief that they're, that anyone, regardless of where they're born or what class they're born, into can attain their own version of success in a society where there's um, upward mobility that's possible for all. And so I don't want to get too bogged down with like some, you know, socio political issues. I really want to just focus high level on like your concept of the American dream. Um, You know, I want to focus on how that differs from the past, call it your grandparents dream when they were our age or your parents dream even. Um, and then some observations on how that, you know, change in the spread of opportunity to create, to invest, to build in today's world. How has it changed, if at all? Um, so I guess to kick things off, let us travel back in time a little bit. Call it your grandparents are in your their 20s, right? Our age. Um, and, you know, let's just talk about what are the traditional factors associated with that American dream? I mean, it's it's kind of sketchy, right? for us because back then I feel like it at least seemed like it was such a more of a straightforward path Mm -hmm. than it is now Mm -hmm. because you kind of just you had to you know you got your degree and whatever you wanted to do and there was jobs for you even if you didn't want to get a degree and then you get married you have a house you have kids and you keep it going and we keep being the best the white picket fence the two and a half kids so I think for my uh, my great grandparents and grandparents they were coming to the United States at that time, right? So they were coming to the U.S. for this idea of the American dream, or it was an idea of getting the hell out of where they were coming from because it was not the best scenario sometimes. So I think that prefaces what you're talking about, Chase, where they had this idea of... So it's like getting to that starting point in the first place. And that's where I think maybe the American dream really originated for is like the freedom of possibilities you have Mm -hmm. once you can get to America. I want to hold that thought, Nick, because that's definitely something we're going to come back to as far as freedom goes. I think that's an (laughs) integral part. Bless you, Chase. Excuse me, guys. What about about getting married? We just did our relationships episode, so hopefully this doesn't get us under fire. I know that one didn't, so (laughs) we survived this long. You made it out alive. Yeah. I think I think back in the day, marriage was, uh, I would say, almost an obligation, mm-hmm. um, which I think differs a lot from what it is now, uh, which I don't think it's... I think there are plenty of people who don't. But like the concept of getting married, right, back it's then, def- like, yeah. I felt like it was kind of, you know, okay, you know, to Chase's point, like a very linear progression, like, all right, I met this girl, she's like the Dated third girl... I, yeah, she's like the <laughs> third girl I ever made eye contact with. Ah. Uh, we might have freedom, 10 kids. The freedom to date 
is pro yeah, th there was probably much more cultural taboos in that area. Like you couldn't uh, and you your couldn't family just date before around. that was probably much more involved too well, in the picking of that person. The real thing is, I, I think it, ha it informs what we're talking about about the marriages a lot, as well as just the American dream and how it's evolved in general. Is that people's worlds during our grandparents and great grandparents era when they were growing up was much smaller mm -hmm. so max you made the point like oh yeah you, you 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 know you see the third girl that you've ever made eye contact with I'm like oh that's that's the one that's who i'm gonna marry because like that's all your world was yeah and, you touched and, her shoulder she was pregnant <laughs> and thirst traps on instagram and it's the same way with your job it's like oh you get the job like that's it's you, there was no glass door there was no it's social true. media there it's was true. no linkedin like there like that all of those things are very new and that really, I think, change. It really, I mean, it's the internet, really, and just the in this age that we are in that has radically changed and expanded our world and our point of view. Everybody's. I, there was pensions, though. True. Oh, that too. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves yet. So both both of you guys have identified some things that have have really progressed this concept. Sure. Let's try to let's try to think about, you know, here's some stats, here's some fun stats uh, for you guys. In, I love stats. Yeah, here we go. You stats guy. In 1950, the average age of marriage for females was guess 17. <laughs> That's a minor, Yanni. 20. I think it was 16 maybe back in the day for a consensual. I don't know. Yeah, 20 don't know. was, was that crazy? Is that, not, is that a crazy know. number? I didn't my, think that my grandmother got married at 17. I don't yeah. know. Right. 20 right. was the average age for a female and 25 for a male. I was going to say like 21. Yeah. What do yeah. you guys think the current is? 27. 27. Close. Uh, Yanni. It's 25 for same, girls same. and 27 for guys. Oh, right. So you Perfect. guys got one of the... Oh, yeah. Um, Why is it lower for girls? I wonder. What about what about home ownership? I feel like back in the day that was like we talked about it, right? We talked about the linear progression, but like, what do you guys think about that? I think that I think it it, it used to be a lot more of a clear path to own a home back in the day. I still think it's I think it's all relatively expensive. Like now, it's expensive. Then it's expensive. I think it's going That's to be a buyer's expensive. market. Yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> to what degree? I mean, you still our, have to have X amount of dollars in your pocket. We're going to get all our real estate homies on the on yeah. the jump right now. They're yeah. going to be like, bro, I had no a guy with a great mortgage program. <laughs> get you set up tomorrow. No, you're, you're definitely right there, Yanni. I think at the end of the day, it's still a, it's, I think it's, I want to say, talking on my ass a little bit, it's the largest purchase any sing, any person will ever make in their life is probably their home. Yeah. Um, I think to, so. I think it was the same back then. I think it's the same now. Sure. I think kind of to Jake's point, and again, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but you're right. I mean, the concept of, you know, what was right in front of you. Well, in to own something back then is as easy as using it, right? So owning mm -hmm. a home. But nowadays, I know there are people in our friend group alone, or in our respective friend groups who are eyeing up commercial real estate or eyeing up, you know, some sort of business venture to yeah. invest in, you know, there are, there's a way to diversify a lot more easier these days, as far as like where you put your monies into tangible assets. Um, so maybe that's got something to do with how it's changed because back in the day, uh, the, the home ownership rate was about like 69% or 70%. It's pretty what is high. It today? Yeah. It's, I'm pretty sure it's way lower than that. That's I, I just the only stat the I got was oh. 2014 was the lowest rate of home ownership since 1967. Because it's so affordable to rent, you know. I it just I don't know. I I agree. It's I just agree with that it doesn't surprise me that it was that high back then. I just don't sure. think the barriers to entry for owning a home is. Do you have the money? Yes. Or you? I don't. Know, I feel like it was just not as 
not as high as it is the now. The housing but market was still developing a lot more than it is now. Sure. So I feel like part of this American dream too and this linear path, right, is um, you were a lot more stationary, right? So mm-hmm. you you would go, you know, let's talk, get the wife, right, get the job, then comes the house, and you had you were perfectly content with staying in whatever town you were at and kind of traveling out through things there, right? And now I feel like the new generation in the dream wants to see, experience more, do more things. And like for me, I would never, I would not want to own a house right now because I don't know where I'm going to be next year and I don't want to have that anchor on things weighing me down. So I think that might be maybe the older type of American dream and why it was more prevalent. But, but a counterpoint to that is, I mean, you could buy a house right now, but investment properties are totally a thing. And I feel like are even becoming more of a thing in today's market in this day and age. And it is really a good avenue to what I think that we all think as a society, the new American dream is having a rental property that is just income every week, every Mm -hmm. month over and over again is affords you a lot of freedom. I think that caters even to the new American dream more, right? Is having residual and like doing something like that. But I'm saying from the perspective of that also goes back to the idea of you want to experience and travel more. So you have something like that. So it's, I guess it's kind of the same argument, but just two different sides of the coin on how you get there. I mean, really, at the end of the day, all of this opportunity creates pause. You know, like if you look back at when Max was talking about when 69 percent of people own homes, you had two options. You know, you'd buy a home and it was just like the next thing that you were going to do versus right. nowadays with the Internet and globalization and the world shrinking in that way. You're like, okay, I could do one of 10 things right now. So Mm -hmm. what am I going to do? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll just work this job another year and then I'll see. So it's interesting. I didn't anticipate the amount that you guys would identify as far as external factors, like different ways that you can create that, call it that wealth or that, you know, uh, form of revenue. I also didn't anticipate, um, you know, everyone kind of identifying that the American dream was so tied to wealth. Right. So I was kind of I was wondering outside of the uh, or in our group right here, outside of things that help you make money, which I think in this group uh, as people all in some sort of business profession, we all have that kind of tied to our American dream. But I'm wondering, like, what are some of the ways people now are modernizing this dream? And like, what are some of those traditional or what are those some not so traditional factors that you think outline that or, or highlight that? I think that, excuse me. No, oh. I just got another piece of that world's hottest chocolate. <laughs> yeah, before before we started recording, we decided to eat the world's hottest chocolate. So, and it keeps making its revenge every like few minutes. I'll swallow it. Yeah, it's the gift that doesn't stop giving. Yeah, yeah. yeah Chase just you just got back from the bathroom. How how was that, Chase? We'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Yanni, I think look, you like you were saying before. There's so many other avenues to to create the American dream. I, to be honest with you, I don't think you're gonna find one that's not directly or indirectly tied to financial um, independence. Okay. So I, I don't, in, in my opinion, I think the whole point of the American dream is that you have the ability to do what you want when you want. And I think a lot of that is tied to how you make your living. Sure. Okay. Because for most people, their job is not necessarily living the American dream. The job facilitates the possibility to live their dream. Mm. And for a lot of people, you know, um, I think very few people are living their dream through their work. I think very few people are living their dream through their work. Sometimes, but I agree that it gives you the opportunity 
to go outside of that, right? Because it's either going to come down to wealth for you or it's going to come down to legacy. At the end of the day, whatever that dream is, whatever that goal is you're, that you're attaining, sure. is it something you did for yourself or is it something that you stepped out to try and do for other people? And I think that's a lot of what I see when it's like, how are people doing things differently when it comes to living out that American, you know, their version of the American dream or the next American dream is there's so much institutional wealth in the United States right now that people are trying to get a piece of. It's like, okay, how can I help facilitate that for someone else using the advantages that we talked about earlier, whether it be technology, you know, greater equality in several areas that have made a lot of strides since our parents were trying to make the American dream and our parents' friends were trying to do that. And so I think that's the biggest thing that I've seen change, at least in our lifetime, is people are pivoting to like, okay, what can I do for you Mm. versus I just had to get mine. I had to get my piece. And it was the age of greed. Like there's more corporate and social wellness going on, whether it be through us just doing a small, tiny fundraiser to donate money to cancer or some of the biggest GoFundMes that have happened and come about over the past couple of years. People are so much more into having that communal societal advancement. Yeah, I think culture, like you're kind of describing culture in in our worlds, if you will. And it's almost like the culture has changed around what we value or what we give um, our two cents, you know, towards like, or like we actually care about, right? So if like before it was like, oh, you work this amount of time, you get promotion A, B, C. Now people have this like concept of mobility and freedom continues to ring through. Nice. <laughs> yes, like I did that. <laughs> uh, freedom continues to, you know. From sea to shining sea. Yep. In this conversation. And I think Nick made a great point because and so, and I guess everyone's made this point once now uh, through, but freedom is really what we're searching. It's the modes of freedom that we would desire. So like one that jumps off the page to me is not working a quote unquote nine to five, right? What does that schedule look like for you? Can you be as productive in less time with uh, time dedicated towards other, maybe not call it productive hours towards your job, but maybe they're productive in other ways to make you feel balanced? Like a podcast, perhaps? Perhaps. (laughs) Um, You know, location. Nick was talking about how he might desire to get up and go tomorrow. You know, is that something that you value? If that does that create your, you know, your dream, you know, for you? I don't know. I don't know, bro. There are people who who decide that they want to go live in a van, yeah, at like a double wide Down Chevy van, the river. and they drive around <laughs> and go look at the fucking redwoods all day. I'm res- like, I, it's incredible. I respect the hell out of that, honestly. When you when you see people that you know that are doing that, we have a Max and I have a buddy, a fraternity brother of ours, that just picked up and moved to Dubai. He's a bartender at a golf course in Dubai, and it's like. That's pretty cool, honestly. It's I think it's super it's once cool. in a lifetime. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and he's and he's I, I can't imagine he's having a bad time. So um, <clears throat> Chase and myself have a friend, Matt, who did the same thing. Right, Matt was working. Is a bartender in Dubai? No, <laughs> shout you'll out see, Hunter. You'll see the story. Um, but was working a corporate di- corporate gig down in Brickell here. Quit it and just said I'm gonna go live out of. He had a one and a half door truck you know so not even a double wide trailer and traveled the entire country and camped out of it so cool um i think he went about 180 days on the road before he finally settled down somewhere um out in jackson hole but that's what he did and i mean he like the stories the life experiences the 
sleeping in a tent when it's negative 15 Oof. degrees outside. Oof. Like that was the experience he went for and then completely leaving the corporate world, finding that complete freedom. Yeah, I respect that. Mm-hmm. It's just you and the road in the sense, mm-hmm. you know, um, actually kind of really brought him to his passion, which now he's one of those guys that is working a job that he feels that he loves. It's his passion and it's not a monetary type thing. It's I'm doing what I love. What does he do? I'm just curious. Uh, he's a cattle rancher now. That's cool. So yeah. he actually just got out to Montana and works with 15,000 head of cattle and just lives in the mountains. Big ranch. I think that's super cool. And I didn't want to make it seem like before, like I didn't respect that type of, of stuff. But I just, for me, me personally, I think stability is is really awesome. I think stability for, for most people, not for most people, for a lot of people is the American dream. Being able to wake up know that you own your car or know that you owe nobody anything and you have to worry about where the food is coming yeah and it's stable you know maybe you won't make 50 million in a year but you probably won't get evicted from your house you know like the the stability i think for a lot of people presents that well i guess that's i think that's kind of like one of the inherent problems with like considering the american dream and we've been saying it i mean someone throw a counter on us now because it's like 40 times we've said that but like it is the topic of the episode right but i'm saying like it's such a it's such a it's there's such a wide array that encompasses it right there's such many different things that can satisfy one person's dream for what they want to do and i think like a lot of times you know the people like matt or our buddy hunter who are exploring the world for what they are you know it's a great highlight of something that a lot of people have been doing for a long time sure but you otherwise would not have known now, you know, granted with like the internet and social media, we have a, a much nicer view of what that lifestyle might be. And I think it inspires some people to kind of take a look in the mirror and say to themselves, like, is this what I'm doing to make me happy? Or is it just a means to collect the paycheck that then gives me the freedom to be happy? And there's two different avenues of thought there. And, you know, truth be told, like, I think we're all kind of stuck somewhere in the middle where we like our job to a certain degree that we also like the pay and the income that comes with it. The stability, right? The stability. Yep. Yep. So overall, I just think it's pretty interesting that, you know, there are people out there doing that. I don't think that's such a far off. I don't think that's like so new. You know what I mean? I think that we just see it more often now. I think with the given amount of technology around us, even if you're in a freaking van yeah, and BFE from nobody, you know, like away from connected. everybody, you're still connected. Bro. You can call Wi-Fi somebody. Yeah, you can have a Wi-Fi van. You know who's yeah. a cool example? I don't know if you guys follow him. Is uh, Loki the wolf dog on mm-hmm. Instagram? Mm-mm. So Loki, Sounds cool, though. Loki is like one of those husky wolf types. This guy's like... It's two, a dog or it's a person? It's a dog. <laughs> it's a. He has his own social media. He runs it. Like he's great. Two million <laughs> followers. Wow. Yeah. And now cool. just that's now the CBD product, but it was a guy and his dog that just traveled the world, and the guy took amazing pictures of this beautiful dog and these crazy destinations, and now there's a whole business behind the scenes, and you can run a business from your phone, yeah. right? So sure. Like this dog has so many followers. You know, you talk about. It's a pretty about, cute dog. I Loki can't believe we're talking dog. like a dog, like it's, a, like it's doing its own it's thing. A, it's, the dog, it's, a, it's an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. But it's Did just lock down the handle Loki, though. So Yeah, just you know. Loki. How many followers? How many followers, Mr. Loki? Two million. Solid. That's a business. The guy is a dog owner yeah. and he's running a business. Yeah. From his van. What uh? What are some of like, the go-to like things? like If you were to think right now, maybe not the job that you have is giving it to you, or maybe there's a day and age where it will, but like, what's like one thing that you're like, damn, that would, that would click for me big time. 
So, I mean, it's something that we have all touched on and we've all just been alluding to talking about this guy, whoever is, is the owner of Loki, the wolf dog, but it's, it's the freedom, right? It's the ability to say, I'm going to go to Jackson hole today. I don't know. I mean, it seems like it'd be a cool place to go and I got nothing else to do right now. Like I can, I can do what needs to be done on my phone or on my laptop and I'm going to go and I'm going to check it out. I want to see what it's about. And I think that a lot of people don't have that ability right now, especially when they have a job like that is corporate or is nine to five or like for me in being in sales, like even if I take a vacation, I still have people that need me like mm-hmm. every day. So if I take a, if I take a vacation, either I work on my vacation or I come back to an absolute like like biblical flood of emails but you it's hard tasks. too to like actually mentally leave and go on a vacation because now you're thinking about 100%. all kinds so, of so so that's that. like something that that the american dream at least for me and i think for a lot of people would really def, would include is that kind of freedom going off going off that a little bit i think something that hasn't been brought up as much as it probably could have been this episode is just that desire to be the best at something or be at least recognized as the best at something like if you're going to do this if you're going to spend your time doing your job and get that payoff why just be stable like you said yanni why not go above and beyond to know that what you're doing and contributing yourself today is going to most likely pay dividends and give you that freedom later on you know Mm -hmm. i feel like that's what keeps people going like you don't work the 60 hour job that you work in order to just barely pay your bills. It's in the hopes and pursuit of at least, you know, hopefully this is my mindset, you know, to not have to be so worried about the, Oh, where's this next thing coming from? Like Mm -hmm. one day, because I'm putting, putting in the work now, it's going to be that much more worth it in the future. But that's the price of stability. Stability isn't making it by paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. That's in my opinion, that's instability. Indeed. If you are paycheck wondering, that's what I meant. That's what the the point I was trying to get at was that you have enough in the bank that if something happens, you're okay. If this happens, you're okay. Now I think, I don't know, personally, I'm a risk taker. I I enjoy taking risks. I enjoy that kind of stuff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think for a lot of people, that's not their forte. They wouldn't take a crazy investment risk. They wouldn't, you know, go buy that huge sum purchase in the hopes that it would pay off for them in, in a few years. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it depends. Nick? I, I just think you can go back and forth a hundred times on the idea of, like, working for, to be the best, like what Chase said, or working because it's your passion, or working because at the end of the day, you have a passion on your weekends or outside of your job that whatever you're doing, you don't mind it, you know, it it works for you, but you know, like your passion, your life should be towards one thing, you know, whether it's a exclusive hobby or something where it doesn't really matter what your stability looks like down the road, but you get to go and do something you love this amount of times throughout the Mm -hmm. month, the year, whatever it is. And if you're living that life doing exactly what you want to do all the time, then I think that's another way of having the American dream right now. I think that's ultimately what we're we're all striving for too. I think you kind of summarized it uh, best. If everyone's saying it in some sort of way or form right now, um, but you know, I, I do, sometimes I think about something as simple as vacation, and we call it vacation. Some others in the world call it holiday. And I remember I was contemplating a two week uh, two week vacation that I took earlier this year, and I kept thinking to myself, like to your point, like the anxieties of like if I leave, like. I'm going to lose out on this kind of stuff. I'm not going to be there for that. What happens if this happens? You know, worst case scenarios in your head. 
And I remember on, uh, we have a, a very awesome <laughs> Brit in our office who gave me this advice. And in, he goes, well, no one's going to thank you for staying around. And I was like, that's a really freaking good point. Yeah. No one's going to say, hey, good job not going on your vacation. So I mean, like, ultimately... <laughs> You it's, a great, just, it's great advice because you get people get I mean, I do this. I get like boxed up in my own head sure. about what people are going to think if I don't want to, you know, put in 110 percent, 100 of the time. Sometimes you got to live your life and sometimes being the best version of yourself when you are on. Hopefully that's more often than not. You know, hopefully you're not like oh, today's, you know, woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Scratch today. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, but the idea is to is to get yourself in any sort of mindset, in my opinion. So that whatever you are doing, you are doing it to the best of your ability, but you're enjoying it while you're doing it. Sure. I was going to say to your point that you were saying before, there are a lot of people in this country who come here and who open up a business from nothing and they start and they don't have the opportunity to go take a two week vacation. True. It doesn't exist. You True. Know, if you're not there, the business is not making money and therefore, you know, you're not making money. And so it's just there to have the opportunity to even have a two week vacation for a lot of people. That's part of the American dream. Yeah. I was about to say you know, huge disclaimer. We are extremely fortunate. Probably sound like a bunch of privileged white dudes <laughs> around this table and you're four fifths of the way there, but I'm, yeah. giving, I'm giving you BOD over there. Yeah. I think I appreciate it. <laughs> Mediterranean blend. Um, yeah. But I think, I think just the opportunity to not have to grind your face down to nothing Every day, 365 is for a lot of people who don't live in this country is super, super, super important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like overall, I think it's probably good to, you know, kind of summarize by saying whatever you're doing in this world, enjoy the days that you have, you know, with the people that you're with. You know, if your job is not perfect, start looking to define what it is that'll get you there. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. Hard work is taken for everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, and again, we're not a, inspo podcast we're not a tell you how to do your life podcast but we hope you're all happy listeners out there i don't want you like raging in your car just work 10 times harder than you're working now you'll be fine yeah <laughs> then you'll, it's as easy as that you'll drive a sick honda accord like your boy <laughs> no but i mean really though at the end of the day to you know today doesn't define you and you always have tomorrow to change it damn right yeah, that was beautiful well said yeah. damn we are an inspirational podcast now look, <laughs> look what i did yeah, totally. But uh, anyway, was, we're going to wrap things up with the wheel. Wheel. <sighs> did we decide on what we were doing? Oh, we did. We did. We totally did. Okay. Yes. Sorry, that was, uh, if that was too serious for you, join us on, on our Halloween episode. You'll you'll get a nice <laughs> kick out of that one. But let us know. Give us topic ideas. Yeah, we're always seriously. Open. So, can always, we can always use them. Uh, Let's okay. run through the wheel. What is the wheel again? Yeah, Max, lay it on us. What is the... I think Yanni's the best yeah. wheel describer. The wheel, the wheel segment is basically where we the the half mic decides on a the half mic or, or the group depending on what the situation is we're kind of going to leave it open decides on a challenge or or something that when the wheel is spun um, whoever it lands on has to do or or basically whatever that thing yeah is. whatever that thing is it's a total it's non a it's a total non erotic spin the bottle could be good could be bad <laughs> yeah. could be yeah. medium so far we've had a bunch of crappy ones so oh. we'll be uh, okay so let's give a quick update on last week's uh, wheel segment because we just did our challenge like we're all just blocking it from our memories yeah, yeah so I'm totally fine now I don't know what you guys are talking about last week Chase challenged <laughs> challenged whoever the fateful person that got picked. Uh, to eat the to eat a slice a segment of the world's hottest chocolate bar including the vat 16 
something it's called the Vat 19 Vat World's Hottest Chocolate Bar. Hellfire Chili Using Pepper. Hellfire infused. Chili Extract. It and it landed on the all space, which means all of us had to do it. So that's just freaking sweet. Yeah, we're all still recovering. I keep finding pieces in my teeth. And <laughs> it's a tough one. It's well, we didn't see the video. It's, it'll be on Instagram by the time this episode releases. But yeah, check it out. We Jake tried to hardo on all of us, and I think I think he survived. But I'm still disappointed in all you guys. Like I'm I'm here, and we're good. All right, whatever. You did survive. You are alive right <laughs> now. I'll do it again. Anyway, all right. So for this week's wheel segment, the wheel, whoever it lands on. We're going to do it nice and easy this week, give our taste buds and uh, bodies a break. Whoever it lands on will have to elaborate on their most embarrassing story of their employment history. So without further ado, let us, let's get that wheel going. <laughs> Initiating wheel spin. <laughs> we lost a peg. <laughs> uh, who's it going to be? Uh, oh, it is. Oh, oh shit. my God. <laughs> In a shocking turn of events. <laughs> Wait, it is, looks like it looks bobbing, like it's, it's bobbing back and magic. Forth. It looks like it's Yanni. It does. I think we got to give that to Yanni. All right, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, really, I really thought that was going to be me. It looked like it was going to be me, think, and then it just bounced back. I think bounced back hard. It turned to lingo and just went back. Yeah. All right. Um, most embarrassing work. How many, how many jobs have you held? Let's ask you that. A few, a few. I mean, I've been working for a long, I honestly can't name all of them. Um, but the one I had for the longest stretch, um, was working at the bars, obviously for almost four, almost five years. Mm -hmm. So I have a really gross moment. I guess I I have, okay, so I'll do the gross moment. Yeah. Whatever's gross or embarrassing, (laughs) let it rip. (laughs) On my first few days of working, um, security, uh, at a pretty big bar or grouping of bars, you can imagine the amount of filth that comes in and out of that door. You're talking about actual <laughs> filth or people? I'm talking about both actual dirt and actual human beings. Multiple levels of filth. Yeah, multiple levels of filth. Multiple tiers of filth. Okay. It just accumulates like, yeah. uh, like a slow rising tide. Yeah. And in my first few weeks, they called me on the radio to... I was a new guy, so I got the worst jobs like scrubbing the toilets and like... Mm cleaning out the women's bathroom, which by the way, women, you're disgusting. <laughs> I know exactly what goes on in there. I know exactly I know exactly what you do. And it, honestly, I should tell all of your mothers because it's, it's just, anyways, whatever. I had to go Take into the easy. men's bathroom, yeah. And there was a group of guys surrounding a urinal mm. and they called me in there and they go, all right, got to clean this urinal out. And I was like, whatever, I've already scrubbed three urinals today. Like, what's, <laughs> how back can this be? Fourth one. I'm getting pretty good at it by now. There was a huge turd in the urinal, and I had to go get a cup and scoop it out. It was the most disgusting (laughs) thing. With a cup, dude? It was either that or my hand, bro. What do you want me to do? (laughs) Suck it out with a straw? (laughs) (laughs) That's gross, Yanni. That's gross. And um, shout out to my buddy Deagle. Talked me off the ledge a little bit, but... uh, Man. For for our our faithful Knowles listening, what bar was that? That was in pub. Uh, oh, jeez. That was Those in bathrooms pub. Bathrooms are disgusting. Yeah. So that's an all-time dirty bathroom. So if you're a human being yeah, that I poops for- in the urinal, I, you're the worst. So that was twofold, gross and embarrassing. Because gross because of the nature of the turd, and embarrassing because you had to scoop a turd in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you're not gonna miss no. that. Oh, this was not after hours. The bar was hopping in front of everybody I worked with, yeah, which yeah, was worse was than everybody hours. random. I mean, like, 
<laughs> these people were just staring at me, waiting for me to pick the turd up, and I did it. And uh, I guess it paid off dividends in the long run. Yeah, I don't sure. Know tell you. Yeah. So. All right. Nice. There's not a more innovative way to scoop turd out of <laughs> urinals other than a cup. <laughs> So not flush. No, yeah, just I mean, you can not tip in toilet paper. Bro, you can just glove up the full, squ- shot back, the full squish. You could glove up and and pick it up like a small uh, bird. Two hands. All right. Well, well not that big? I think that does it for us uh, on this week's <laughs> episode. We really appreciate you listening. Stay tuned for next week to see what our half Mike Nick, yep. sleepy Nick, is going to bring to the table. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he'll have a, a little bit more of a chill weekend. Uh, but yeah, anyway, remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Follow us on social media at four and a half mics and DM us with any ideas. Look, we're looking for feedback. Today was like a little bit more of a serious topic. If that's not what floats your boat in the morning, tell us, hey, Max, way to freaking go, dude. Or tell us it was awesome and you enjoyed the crap out of it. <laughs> Whatever it may be, shoot it to Max us. Let us know. would love that. <laughs> Seriously, can't even get through the door these days. Um, but anyway, yes, yeah, shout out to our boys at Sandbar. Hit us up on our November fundraiser. Please donate. Any dollar counts towards the dudes of the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, until next time, we'll see you guys on the other side. Peace. Later. Whoa!